Welcome in to a little late night edition of that SEC podcast. Games just ended here on Saturday night. <laughs> and we are having a time over here. Wanted to give you guys, I missed it last week, I apologize. Had a, had a few too many, but this is actually my first one of the night, believe it or not. If I got the energy, I love hopping on here with you guys, breaking down my latest SEC power rankings, and as always, quick explanation what this is, Team A, Team B, who would I favor on a neutral field? You got to take into account some of these games played in hostile environments, that can play an edge. I separate these not uh, based on rankings or the standings, but who would win on the field if they played on the upcoming Saturday. So let's just get right into it. And dead last, this is probably the first time I've ever had this team dead last in the SEC power rankings, but they deserve it this week. Number 14. Man, Vanderbilt streak. We'll get to them in a minute, but finally snapped. Kentucky are the first team to fall to Clark Lee's program in it's not all Clark Lee, but it was 26 games in a row. The Vanderbilt Commodores had lost, never winning a conference game under Clark Lee until Saturday. And even worse, this game was in Lexington. Vanderbilt didn't have their starting quarterback. And this is just a complete dumpster fire here in Lexington. And again, we maybe looking ahead a little bit to Georgia. Maybe. But no excuse for this. None whatsoever. You, you were able to move the ball. You just can't cash in. Getting kicks blocked. Vanderbilt's defense, this has been said many, many times on this show, Vanderbilt's defense is the worst unit in the SEC. And they beat the hell out of Kentucky's offense, which, again, we don't have to rehash this, but Will Levis, all the hype. Of course, not on this show, but other outlets. I mean, it's just pathetic. Chris Rodriguez is back in the lineup. so you can, There's no excuses here. This is just awful. This is the worst loss I think Mark Stoops has ever had. I, I really do. And something's got to change. Whether it's offensive coordinator, may, maybe Mark Stoops just needs to go. And I'm not saying we fire him, but hell, on our Thursday show, who needs to win the most? Well, the top two guys on the list got a loss. Mark Stoops was number two for a reason. He's going to be facing some heat now in Lexington, and he deserves to. And if he gets his ass whooped by Georgia, that ain't going to help next week either. So 13, arguably, you could put this team a little bit higher, but the Vanderbilt Commodores go into Lexington. Just, man, signature win. You have to call it that under Clark Lee. Mike Wright, let's give him credit, stepped up big time in a role with uh, A.J. Swan out. Ray Davis had himself a day. And what was great about this performance for Vanderbilt, not only on the road, but you had to come back and win it at the end, and they were able to do that in a situation – I don't think anybody could have believed this was going to happen. But Vanderbilt, again, your defense starting to play a little bit better. Harassed Will Levis all day long. Plenty of sacks. Stuffing Chris Rodriguez at the line time and time again. Man, you just made Kentucky look pathetic. Congrats, Vanderbilt. And maybe I may have even underrated you a spot. Because number 12, oh boy. Texas A&M Aggies, you just clinched last in the SEC West. 
You're officially not going to a bowl game in Jimbo Fisher's. What are we in here now? Year five under Jimbo Fisher. No flu game excuses, none of that garbage. You were playing an Auburn team that everybody and their mother had as the worst team in the West. They have been the worst team in the West until they played you. Now you're the worst in the West. They have an interim coach. They have fired coaches. Robbie Ashford, my God. How could you watch that game and say, we're losing to this quarterback? I mean, he's awful. He's just awful. But you know who's even worse? Jimbo Fisher in his offense. I mean, look at the drive chart. We'll cover this game in our Monday recap. But, again, Auburn's defense, they're probably top two or three worst in the SEC. Yet, you went about nine straight possessions punting the football. This is just an embarrassment. And – I don't care what the buyout is. Jimbo Fisher should have his ass fired by Sunday. I really do think because he's what's holding you back. Now, you can get an offensive coordinator in there, a, a play caller. you got to make sure it's a damn play caller because otherwise it's just going to be Jimbo again. He's going to screw it up. You got the talent. You got the facilities. You got the fans. You Not that you should be winning the West every year, but there's no reason you can't be LSU. There's no reason you can't do what Tennessee is doing right now. There's no reason. Hell, you've got – Everything at your disposal to be the next Alabama, to be what Georgia is if you put the pieces together. Instead, you're, we're sitting here debating, are you as good as Vanderbilt or not? This, this is pathetic. Number 11. Number 11. We've been trying to tell these fans uh, that things are wrong here in Columbia. And, of course, we know – it starts with the with the offensive play caller there, but the Gamecocks just got embarrassed by Florida. Florida is an improving team. They're moving up these charts, no doubt. We'll get to them in a moment here. But at the end of the day, they're still an average SEC team. And that's I'm not trying to discredit them, but I'm saying you shouldn't get your ass whooped by them. At least not at this point in their rebuild under Billy Napier. This was a non-competitive football game. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was basically a no-show. You, you, you're you only <laughs> – I mean, you had to fake a punt. Kai Kroger, he may be better than Spencer Rattler. He's the, the, the only way you got on the board uh, when this – it wasn't even competitive at that point anymore. But, God, just an awful, awful performance. Marshawn Lloyd not in the lineup. Who would have known that would have just crippled your entire team? And now all of a sudden the defense can't stop anybody. And again, I know Florida's really good at running the ball. It's what we said heading into this matchup. is why I thought Florida would win because South Carolina struggles against the run and Florida was so good at it. But you look just damn pathetic in this football game and things have got to change. You got Tennessee coming in. You got Clemson on the road. Barring an upset, this is going to be a long, long, long offseason in Columbia. But, hey, I'm not writing off the Gamecocks just yet because, again, this was kind of what they've been under Shane Beamer devastating losses, and then surprising wins. And they're going to the postseason. So I'm not saying you're not going to win another game. It looks like an uphill battle, but, you know, you got to prove something here. Things are trending very poorly right now. Number 10. The Auburn Tigers suddenly got some life. They got passion. They're fighting. Again, maybe a little too hard on Robbie Ashford, but he kind of <laughs> – Nearly gave that game away at AM. But Cadillac has revitalized 
this program. These fans were incredible. They were a difference in that ball game against A&M. Many pre-snap penalties on the Aggies. No real surprise there based on what we've seen, but credit to those fans fighting hard to help this team. They were Tank Bigsby, Jarquez Hunter, just beasts today. And A&M knew you had to run it, yet you still did. Over 200 yards on the ground, getting this big win. Let's shout out uh, the freshman kicker McPherson stepping up with uh, Anders Carlson out of the lineup. This is what it takes. Gutty performance, players stepping up that uh, had not played yet this season. Just a hell of a win. And one, you know, in a season of lowlights, this is going to be the highlight of your season. Unless you can pull off a miracle and upset Alabama in the Iron Bowl, but let's not let's not go crazy here. Number nine. Number nine, Missouri. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you basically got embarrassed after I talked up your defense all week, but hey, Tennessee in Neyland Stadium is a machine, and Josh Heupel and company wanted to put on the points, and they did. They never let their foot off the gas. Gave up sixty-six points. But I think that says more about Tennessee's offense than it does Missouri. Brady Cook there. He was cooking for a minute. I mean, this was a 28-24 ball game at one point in the third quarter. Looked like Missouri was going to put a little scare into Tennessee. And then that was about all she wrote for the Tigers. But this is still an improving team. And it just goes to show when the offense is putting things together, hell, you were competing with a college football playoff team for Three quarters here. So Missouri is an improving team far, far from the elite. But they've got some nice pieces to build around. And, you know, if they can just stabilize that offense, this team's a problem for many in the SEC. Number eight. Arkansas Razorbacks. Man, you went toe-to-toe with LSU, the SEC West champs. Had your opportunities, and that was with your starting quarterback out. All these people talking bad about K.J. Jefferson. Oh, they shut up quick after this performance by Malik Hornsby. Malik Hornsby, good player, can come in there and do a couple things for you, but he's not a he's not a starter in the SEC as a quarterback. He's fast as hell, change of pace. I mean, I think they could utilize him a little bit more in the offense, but hey, Arkansas, top 15 pass efficiency team in the country heading into this matchup. They had... Literally no passing game until Cade Fortin came in there, threw that touchdown to, to Matt Landers. The defense, which has been a disaster all season, nearly won you a football game, again, over a team that's uh, just clinched the SEC West. So, hey, at least you got something working there. You've got two winnable games here. Really need to, to have a strong showing to beat Ole Miss, who will be coming off an emotional loss at Alabama, Missouri. Again, these – you could win those two. You could lose them, too. So, pretty interesting to see down the stretch here. But Arkansas still a game away from bowl eligibility. And we'll see. We'll see. They really need K.J. back if they're going to win either one of these games at the tail end of the season, I think. Number seven. Mississippi State. I don't dock you too much. Hell, Georgia Bulldogs come in your building. And you played with them. You weren't scared. Some officiating certainly went against you. Special teams stepped up, but too many miscues on offense, too many drops, too many not getting it done on on fourth down. And hey, you just got beat by a better team. A little lopsided there at the end. Uh, you made a little bit of a run late. 
far, far, far from a complete performance that you had to play against the Georgia Bulldogs to be competitive with them. But again, I don't dock you much for losing to the number one team in the country. There, there was never any hope that you were going to beat the Georgia Bulldogs. How about that? Florida Gators jumping all the way up to number six in the power rankings. Them Gators. Ooh, they're heating up at the right time. They got a, the makings of uh, you know a, a winnable schedule here as long as they don't embarrass themselves the final two weeks of the season. A lot of momentum under Billy Napier and company. Some Anthony Richardson coming together. Another turnover-free game. No turnovers for the entire team, which is outstanding. That's what you got to do in the SEC, take care of business at home. And the rushing attack was just a machine. Again, you embarrassed the South Carolina Gamecocks. It's a good day to be a Florida Gator. And I don't factor in recruiting in here, but hell, it's a great time all around to be a Florida Gator. You're going to be staying in the top seven for the foreseeable future. You keep playing the way you are right now down there in Gainesville. Ole Miss, again, I don't – man, that's a heartbreaker. And we'll see if it, if it turns out that the, this gets you beat twice because it certainly could going on the road at Arkansas. But, man, you had your opportunities. Alabama just made one more play than you did at home. Tough, tough break. Lane Kiffin emotional after this one. He wanted it. You could tell. And, again, we were, what we say all week, if you're not going to get Alabama now, when the hell are you going to get them? And I think – Maybe you saw some of that from Kiffin. Jackson Dart wasn't able to make the plays down the stretch. Judkins continues to be amazing. I mean, he might he, – he's obviously going to be freshman All-American. He may be just a normal All-American as well as he's playing. Just, just an incredible athlete. And the defense stepped up. They weren't great, but they made enough plays to keep you in this ball game and really put it in the offense's hands to win it late just – Failed to get it done. Number five in the SEC. I think that's fair for the Ole Miss Rebels. Number four. Mighty Alabama. So, hey, you you let Alabama hang around, they're going to beat you. And that's what happened there in Oxford. Bryce Young made enough plays to get this thing done. But, uh, you know, again, near, just this is Alabama on the road. They can nearly lose all these games, which is wild to think. And, again, I don't think too highly of Auburn, but <laughs> thank God you're getting them at home because I don't know if you can beat them with Jordan Hare the way you play on the road <laughs> there under Nick Saban. But credit the Crimson Tide. They could have packed it in. LSU clinched the West before this game was over, so they already knew that. They're playing for pride at this point, and they, they gutted it out for four quarters. That's a great sign for the rest of the season, winning out potentially going to a big-time bowl game and and hopefully all your players being locked in for that. We'll see how that goes. But Alabama showed they ain't quitting. And not that we ever really thought they were, but that was definitely something to consider heading into this matchup. Number three. So rough day there overall for LSU. Jaden Daniels got sacked relentlessly, turning the ball over. But thank God you got Harold Perkins, who's looking like – what we thought Will Anderson was, Harold Perkins is. I mean, he's just a monster. He basically won you a football game 
against the Arkansas Razorbacks played a spy on Malik Hornsby and, and made him totally ineffective. Uh, and, and when they, when Arkansas switched gears, went to Cade Fortin, didn't matter. He was still making big time plays here. Credit LSU going on the road, tough environment, early game, ice all over the field. This was a gutty, gutty, tough performance. Really attacked it on the ground, too, against, uh, again, an improving Arkansas defense. This was a game a lot of teams would have lost, yet LSU found ways, and that's all that really matters when you go on the road in this conference, finding ways to get it done, and they did, and they're officially headed to Atlanta to face them Georgia Bulldogs for the SEC championship here in a couple weeks. Number two, so no surprise at the top here, Tennessee just put up 66 on Missouri. Who's, they really do have a good defense, but it did not look good on Saturday for the most part because Tennessee did whatever they wanted to. They, they pounded you on the ground. They harassed you through the air. Hendon Hooker, his final game in Neyland Stadium, just flawless. Five touchdowns, incredible, incredible performance. Once Jalen Hyatt got heating up, this thing was over. Yes, it, and here's a pretty damning observation. Tennessee sat Cedric Tillman for this game. And they said they could, he could have played, but obviously they knew they didn't need him for this game. And this is a conference game here with the you know questionable conditions, with the weather and everything like that. Defense, a lot to work on because Brady was cooking there for a little while. Like I said, at times he was just – they couldn't get him down. They couldn't stop Missouri, which is troubling. And I'm talking only for about two quarters here, but, hell, that's half a game. And and against a better opponent, who knows? This may have been a good football game. So a lot of things to shore up. Thankfully, you're going up against Marcus Satterfield's offense next week. So not a ton. But, hey, Vandy's getting some traction. Got to shore up that defense. Otherwise, you're going to be in some shootouts on the road to finish out the season. And, And, again, in the FCC, that's not where you want to be with the crowds and everything like that. Number one. So, of course, number one, SEC East champions yet again. Them Georgia Bulldogs go on the road, take care of business. How about Lad McConkey had one of his best days as a Georgia Bulldog? He was all over the place. Uh, Jalen Carter was just another game record. When he's engaged, he's unstoppable. Defense making plays. Stetson Bennett, pretty solid performance. They got the running game going. This was pretty much complete and utter domination. A couple red zone trips you would have liked to cash in for touchdowns, had to settle for field goals, which is something we've seen early in the season. We want to get away from that, but Stark, Starkville's a tough place to play. Rowdy environment. You handled it flawlessly. This game was never in doubt outside of uh, Kirby making a questionable decision there right before halftime going past crazy a little bit cracked the door open for Mississippi State with that punt return touchdown but aside from that I mean you were complete domination here and you stay at number one clinched yet another spot in the SEC championship game against them LSU Tigers <laughs>